God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Now, we're going to do something. I'm going to say God is good, and I'd like you to say all the time, right? And then I'm going to say all the time, and I'd like you to say God is good. Let's try that. Are you ready? It's, it's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Here we go. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Amen. God is good. Do you believe that? Even in the world that we live in today. Because here's the truth. He is good. All the time. But many people don't believe that. As a matter of fact, you know, what does the word good really mean anymore? Let me throw this out there this morning before we go any farther. Um, God's goodness is not dependent upon how much money we have in the bank. Because God's good whether you have a million dollars in the bank or a dollar. God's goodness does not depend on how healthy you are. Because God's good whether or not you can go out and run a marathon or if the doctor just gave you some news That makes you want to rewind time. God's goodness does not depend on how comfortable we are. Because God's good whether you're living in a mansion, a shack, or on the street. See, God's goodness does not depend on our circumstances. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. God is good, no matter what the circumstances may be. And we're going to look at that today. But first, let's pray. Lord, we ask that, Father, the words that are spoken today would be your words, not my words. Lord, we thank you that you've given us truth. We don't have to make up truth, create truth. You've given us truth in your word. May truth be spoken today in Jesus' name. Amen. From the beginning of the Bible, we see that God is good, right? Think back to creation, and and everything was made, and God said, it is good. We see in Mark chapter 10, there's a story of a young man who calls out to Jesus. You don't need to turn there this morning. I have it on the screen. We're just going to touch on it and keep going. A young man looks at Jesus. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, you're probably very familiar with that verse. You've probably heard it before. Here's what I want you to focus on. The two little words right there, good teacher. Right there, good teacher. Now, to us, that wouldn't mean much of anything. If you're a teacher and somebody calls you a good teacher, that's a a compliment. Maybe you've heard that before. But in the Hebrew culture, the word good was not used in that way. For someone to call Jesus good teacher, that was totally unheard of because only God, the only person considered good was God. So this man looks at Jesus and he says, good teacher. And Jesus responds by saying, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God. Now, some people will say that Jesus is denying his deity here. That's not the case whatsoever. What Jesus is doing instead is he's asking this young man, do you really believe that I'm God? 
He's trying to test him and see what he has to say. Good teacher. Jesus wanted to see if this young man really believed that Jesus was God. Or if he was just trying to butter him up. There's something that we take from the end of verse 18. No one is good except God alone. No one is good except God alone. When we think of, start, begin to think of, of goodness, we need to remember this, that only God is good. And there are many verses in the Bible that talk about how good God is. Right? We see Psalms 119, 68. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Or, or one of the most popular ones, Psalms 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Only God is good. You know, something I've continued to come back to in my own life. Recently, I've, I've been, and in this song that we just, that the praise team just sang, has really been speaking a lot of truth into my life recently. Um, no matter what you're going through, God is good. And sometimes, that's something we need to be reminded of. No matter what sort of trial you are going through, God is good. No matter how difficult the times might be, God is good. Because it's so easy for us to say God is good when everything's going great. But God is just as good when things aren't. I've continued to be reminded in my own life how good God is. Now that doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy. Actually, we're guaranteed to have trouble in this life, aren't we? John 16, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. You will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. God is good. Even though you're going to have trouble, God is good. Maybe you've heard someone say this before. Um, I've been praying for this job for a long time, and I got it. God is good. Or, or man, I, I've been praying for my loved one who's so sick, and they're healed. God is so good. I was on Facebook last night, and I saw uh, somebody posted this, this post, and it had all these things that they found at the dollar store. Nobody from here. Don't worry. I wasn't anybody from here. Um, <laughs> um, but somebody posted this thing they found from the dollar store, all these clearance items in the dollar store, and they put it up on Facebook and, and said, look at all these things I found on sale. God is good. Yes, he is good. But God is just as good when you didn't get the job that you had been hoping and praying that you were going to get. God is just as good when the person that you've been praying for to be healed goes home to be with the Lord. God is just as good when you go to the store to find items on clearance and instead you're paying twice the price because you went to the wrong store. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And we see that no one is good except God alone. And Paul reiterates this in Romans. Here's what he says, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, 
but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. That's like a tongue twister at the end of that one. Let me read it again. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Paul talking about the old nature, the sinful nature in his life. For I do not do the good I want to do, but I do the evil, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Paul's saying even though he tries so hard, by himself, he's not able to do any good. No matter how hard he tries, he can't do any good by himself. Because the sinful nature does not allow us to do good. Why? Because only God is good. And he's good all the time. When you go home today, you're going to be saying that to yourself. God is good all the time. It's going to be stuck in your head, I hope. I think it's something we need to remember that only God is good. And the good that God allows us to do in life is only because of him. Not because of how strong I am, or how smart I am, or how fast I am, or how creative I am. But it's because of him. God is good. All the time. This morning, we're going to spend a little bit of time in John chapter 9. Are you familiar with John chapter 9? The story of the blind man, right? And in John chapter 9, you might be wondering, what does it have to do with God being good? And we're going to talk about that. You can uh, go ahead and turn to John chapter 9 this morning. You'll be on the screen behind me as well. Um, But as you're turning there, I would like to ask you if you remember the brand LG. Remember the brand LG? Maybe some of you have LG TVs or LG Blu-ray players or LG VHS player, right? I don't know if LG was around VHS players, but they have, uh, you know, I think they make appliances and stuff too. And LG stands for life's good. Life's good. I was talking to someone this week about uh, this topic that I was going to be sharing this morning. and, And this person said, every time I think of LG... And I hear life's good, I think, no, it isn't. (laughs) No, it isn't. Life can be good. There are good parts to life. But life also hurts. Life is full of pain and tears and heartache. But God, God is good. I thought that was pretty cool, and I I have to share that this morning. John chapter 9, check out this story here, verse 1 to 12. Here's what it says. As he went along, he saw a blind, a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went, washed, and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. 
But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man called Jesus, made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. That verse right there is a sermon in and of itself. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, but I can't get off there right now. Where is this man, they asked him, I don't know, he said. And the story continues on through John chapter 9. But I'd like to focus on the first couple of verses Jesus and the disciples are walking along, and they look and they see this man who has been blind since birth. And the disciples immediately, immediately think that he has been blind because of something that he did, or that his parents did. And the disciples, it's it's like strike one, a huge swing and a miss. They totally missed what was going on in this situation. And they say, Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents? But Jesus answers with something that totally blows your mind. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So this man was born blind so the works of God could be demonstrated through his life. And how many times do we take our own situations and we end up with the woe is me, life is difficult, things are tough. And and let me tell you this, there are some situations and there are many situations that are so difficult that will wear you down. Imagine this man, born blind. He never saw a flower or a tree. That was his life. You know, we sit around the sanctuary today and I get to see all of your lovely, smiling faces. Some lovely, (laughs) some smiling, (laughs) right? And this happened to this man so that the works of God could be demonstrated in his life. Do we ever think that maybe God doesn't allow you to get the job that you've been praying so hard for because there's a different reason for it? one that we can't see or understand. Maybe God decided not to heal the person that you've been praying for for a different purpose, a reason that you can't see or understand. See, God is good all the time. Maybe you've heard of the Ten Boom family. Did you ever hear of the Ten Boom family before? Um, I need to skip forward here in the slides, so... I'll do that, and then there we go. Um, the Ten Boom family. Um, let me give you a little bit of history about them. The, the Ten Boom family lived in Holland during World War II. Um, Corey, Betsy, and their father, Casper, as well as some other family members, they would hide people in their home, hiding them from the Nazis, uh, mostly people that the Nazis were after, right? So you have the, uh, the Jews and the Dutch underground um, that they would hide in their home. In February of 1944, they were betrayed, and the Nazis came and arrested them. They didn't find the people that were hiding in their home, though. But they arrested Betsy and Corey and Casper, as well as some other people. Casper died shortly after um, being arrested, but Betsy and Corey, they were sent to three different prisons throughout that time. Eventually, they ended up in Ravenstruck Concentration Camp, which is one of the most well-known concentration camps. Um, Terrible, terrible things happened at those places. Um, But let me read you something from Corey. There's a picture of her there. 
often I have heard people say how good God is. We prayed that it would not rain for our church picnic, and look at the weather. Yes, God is good when he sends good weather. But God was also good when he allowed my sister Betsy to starve to death before my eyes in a German concentration camp. Let me read that one more time, and then we'll continue through the quote. Often I have heard people say how good God is. We prayed that it would not rain for our church picnic, and look at the lovely weather. Yes, God is good when he sends good weather. But God was also good when he allowed my sister Betsy to starve to death before my eyes in a German concentration camp. I remember one occasion when I was there, very discouraged. Everything around us was dark, and there was darkness in my heart. I remember telling Betsy that I thought God had forgotten us. No, Corey, said Betsy. He has not forgotten us. Remember his word, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. There's an ocean of God's love available. There is plenty for everyone. May God grant you never to doubt that victorious love, no matter what the circumstances. Let us remember that no matter how we perceive things, And what's going on in life, God is still good. His goodness never changes. He's not this good one day and this good another. God is always good. I think oftentimes we take, we look at situations in our lives and and we forget to ask the question, Lord, what are you doing here? What do you want to show me? What can I do to help further your kingdom with what's going on? To close this morning, we're going to sing the song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Because I believe that what happens is oftentimes we look at our circumstances instead of focusing on Jesus. And when you take your eyes off of Jesus and look at your circumstances, we begin to get discouraged and beat down. Think of John chapter 9, how the disciples totally missed because they didn't understand that God had a bigger purpose happening for this man. We're going to watch a a short video clip um, of a video actually shown before. A man born without arms and legs. Maybe you've heard of him. He's an evangelist. Go ahead, John. I was born in Melbourne, Australia, 1982, and my parents had no idea that I was going to be born without arms or legs. I was the only one that I ever saw without limbs. My faith in Jesus Christ was sealed after seven years of wondering why, God, I was born this way. Uh, He answered me very clearly through John chapter 9. And I gave my life to Jesus at 15 after reading about how he came across a man who was born blind. And I'm like, hey, hold on a second. This looks interesting. (laughs) And no one knew why he was born that way. I'm like, perfect. So I read on, and in verse 3 of the ninth chapter, 
Jesus said it was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. And I'm like, wow, God, if you had a plan for the blind man, you do have a plan for me. And that was the beginning of my personal relationship with Jesus. Youth groups were starting to call me. Churches were starting to call me. Opportunities were opening up everywhere for me to share my testimony. I was speaking in front of 300 sophomore public high school students. Three minutes into it, half the girls were crying. One girl in the middle of the room started weeping. She put up her hand and she said, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but can I come up there and give you a hug? In front of everyone, she came and she hugged me. She cried on my shoulder and whispered in my ear, no one's ever told me that they love me. No one's ever told me that I'm beautiful the way that I am. I couldn't believe it. It changed my life. At that moment, I knew God was ministering to her through me. It's not by my speech or my power. It was God. And my heart was ignited with a passion. And it was an awesome day to see one soul transformed forever. That was when I knew I was called to be a worldwide evangelist. Today, do not leave here unchanged. Leave here unchanged. You don't know what God can do with your broken pieces until you give God your broken pieces. And I want you to know when you fall down, God's grace is sufficient. God's hand will come down and pick you up. Give me the strength to get back up. In the first seven years of ministry, God opened up doors for me to speak 2,000 times across 44 countries on six continents from university campuses, 40,000 students in China to India, where we're talking to sex slaves, to crowds in the jungle of India, 110,000 people, down to Indonesia and all of Southeast Asia to speaking at congresses of nations like Colombia and Costa Rica, where you see the leaders of that nation commit that country to the Lord Jesus, to Korea and speaking to the next generation about depression and suicide, and to Eastern Europe, where we did Serbia, Slovenia, and Croatia. And then doors in the Middle East, the message of hope was spread throughout the whole Arab world. That is God. And we know We've just begun. By the grace of God, we have seen face-to-face a half a million souls say yes to Jesus. Amazing story. Amazing story. See, a lot of similarities. How we mentioned John chapter 9 with the blind man. It's difficult, I believe, for us to see what God is doing. Many times we'll never know what God's plan or purpose is for certain situations. But here's what we can know. That God is good. Imagine this man born without arms and legs. Born blind. Many of you have been wrestling with different things. And sometimes it's hard to see God's goodness in those things. Let me encourage you in this. The Bible says in Romans 
8, 28, and 29. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God is good. We might not understand why certain things are happening and why difficult times come, but that doesn't change that God is good. So what now? Let me encourage you in this. Don't forget about God's goodness. Israel was reminded in the Old Testament to not forget the Lord. I think we need that reminder as well. To not forget about God's goodness. I encourage you to take a moment this week. Maybe you're, maybe you're going to Buffalo Wild Wings for lunch after this to watch a football game, or, or you're going to Denny's Lenny's, or you're going home. Take some time to reflect on God's goodness to you and to thank him for how good he continues to be. And maybe there's something going on in your life right now and you're not sure why. And, and I encourage you to ask the Lord to just reveal the reason why he's allowing this to happen. To encourage you to lift you up. Because the Lord says he will never leave us or forsake us. You are not alone. Let's take time to thank God for all that is. And remember that God is good all the time. Let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful for your love for us. You are a good God all the time. And Lord, at times in life, it's difficult for us to remember that. We take our eyes off of you and put them on our circumstances. And Father, some circumstances are so difficult and so tough, but you know that. And you are still good. Lord, I pray for those this morning who are wrestling with different things. Lord, may you show your goodness and make it so evident. Lord, we know we will have trouble in this world, but we can take heart in knowing that you are a good God. We ask that you help us this week to be that light into the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Leonard's going to come and lead us and turn your eyes upon Jesus. Did you notice that Tony never mentioned the goodness of mankind? Because we are not. Just, but that does not, that does not excuse us from tr striving to be good. Well, thank you, Tony, for that message and encouragement. Now will you turn with me to hymn number 252, O Soul, Are You Weary and Troubled? 252. I'll ask you to stand with me as we sing this hymn together. <clears throat> Free. 
Father, again, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity we had of coming together to worship you and to study your word. We thank you for the message of the morning and the messenger. Now, Father, as we separate as a church, Father, we pray that each one of us be a witness and a testimony in the things we do, the things we say, even our attitude and thoughts. And we thank you again, Lord, for all you've done for us and what you will do, and we'll be careful to give you the praise, for it's in Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you, and you're dismissed.